I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation Podcast. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Welcome once again to the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. This is episode 23. Uh, we're going to uh, have a little discussion about um, Coach Alan Griffin joining us um, on the squad as assistant coach. Uh, we'll go over some recruits. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some football, some lacrosse, and uh, whatever else comes to Joe's mind. So, anyway, here we are. Welcome. Joe, what's up, buddy? What's going on, bud? How you doing? I'm good. Um, did you enjoy your couple weeks off? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. I was Joe, in the middle of a move. So yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Joe's, Joe is, was moving into a joint, so uh, he was busy. Anyway... Um, all right. Well, let's let's start off with assistant coach Alan Griffin. You know, uh, who is he? He was a point guard. Played from '97 to '01 at at yep. Syracuse. Um, recruiting abilities, connections to New York City, uh, Brooklyn area. That's where he grew up, and um, Philadelphia too. So, you know, there's that. He knows the zone. He can teach the zone. You know, there's a couple couple definite positives there on that front and you know i don't know if they're grooming him to take over after the next contract expiration but um you know i mean what do you think i I wasn't this wasn't on my radar so i was a little i was a little underwhelmed by it to be honest with you well they didn't talk too much about um possibilities but you know they they brought up the fact of possibly getting ex-players and I think Syracuse, as far as getting coaches and waiting and grooming people to take any, you know, I think that's all over with, uh, you know. That's just, look at the drama that he created with this situation. Who knows when Jim Beheim is going to stop. And Yeah, right. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it, it's okay. But, um, no, Alan Griffin actually the past couple of years has been. Uh, Dayton, right? Yeah, he was assistant at Dayton, and I mean, we've they've beaten us. They made the tournament last year. We got them, but they've actually been very, very successful. Archie Miller actually just got um, the Indiana job, so uh, I believe that's why he was looking to move on. And there was rumors that he was he was waiting to see whether or not he was going to be able to follow Archie to Indiana. Um, but like again, that's it's not just rumors. I can't really verify it or anything like that. But uh, 
kind of makes sense. So um, I think that we offered, and I think he was waiting for that, but somewhere along the line, um, Bam got him to come back to Syracuse. So I think it's I think it's a win in in our in in my eyes is a win anyway. It's a, it's a decent. Uh, Decent hire, decent yeah. hire. Dayton and, um, beat us in the Day- Dayton beat us in the tournament. Uh, it was three years ago, something like that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, Archie Miller, obviously a proven good coach, and uh, you know his his assistants. You know, a lot of times when you have good good, good head coaches, the assistants go on and, and feed off that. And obviously, Bayheim thought that he did a good enough job over there to, to take him in and replace. Uh, I don't know if he's replacing Hopkins, but he's you know, taking the spot. I don't know if anybody else got, you know, if Autry replaced Hopkins and then, you know, went up the pecking order or whatever. But either way, even if he's taking McNamara's spot, it's a good hire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was just, I, it, you know, I didn't see it coming. I had to actually re-familiarize myself with him, Alan Griffin. I mean, I heard the name, but I couldn't remember. He wasn't a big standout player. Uh, he was better his junior and especially his senior year, but... um but yeah, he wasn't the standout that a lot of the point guards. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was right after Jason Hart. So and not that not that his playing ability is you know completely connected to his coaching ability, but exactly. You know, I'm just saying. Um, so all right, well you know we'll see we'll see what happens there. I I don't think it's going to be well, some I mean, let's dramatic change. See if he change. can help recruiting. Yeah, the, the recruiting is the aspect that with one year left to sanctions, the recruiting is is totally key for us going into next year. So you had Jordan Tucker, 6'8", small forward. He came and visited last week. He would be a tremendous pickup. Yeah. Um, Much needed outside shooting going into next year. I guess he's got it down to, I think, three schools, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Georgia Tech, um, us, and Oregon. Um, Yeah. And I mean, he would he would automatically. I mean, he would be our best recruit as soon as he committed, if he did. So, yeah. I mean, I do and I do think that we do have some positives with our with our recruiting class coming in. But Bayheim still doesn't have a top one hundred player, and it's been a long time since since that's happened. Um, so that would definitely be a good get. Uh, problem is, Oregon just came off of what making the Final Four, and um, yeah. they had a couple guys leave early to open up spots as far as playing time, Joey Dorsey and Dylan Brooks left early. And, uh, as far as Georgia tech goes, is one of his better friends and teammates actually is already verbally committed there too. So we definitely have some competition. It's definitely not a shoe in, but it would be a humongous get. Yeah. He's, he's ranked, uh, 56. Yeah. Yeah. He would automatically be our best recruit. So yeah, without a doubt. Um, then we got we got a, a commit. A, we talked about Howard Washington. I think I, I don't know when it was, but I remember. I, I swear I remember talking about him on the podcast. We did, yes, right? Yes, okay. we did. Yeah, we did. All right. Uh, his teammate from high school, O'Shea Brissett, is um, set to to join too. These are both. Well, Howard's in, but I, this is definitely a hard commit. I don't. He hasn't signed yet, but it's pretty much a done deal. And yeah, it's a done deal. I think they both said that they were going to be be in. I think in May. Okay. All right. So um, yeah, they're they're going to come in here to for the summer to take classes and uh, to to work out. I saw so. I saw six six one ninety, and I also saw like six eight one ninety. 
Either way, he's all 6'6". I watched his highlight reel, and he was just, I mean, he's very aggressive to the hoop. Draws fouls all day, this guy. Very aggressive. And he's, yeah. a, he's a huge defensive presence, too. I know that he's not like a, this you know, big-name recruit um, out of Canada, right? Him and Washington yep. are from Canada, right. Um, well, Washington's from Rochester, but oh, they played right. in Canada. Right, 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 right. Exactly, that's right. But huge defensive presence. I mean, his wingspans, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And he can get up, and he was impressive. You know, he's impressive. And, and you know, they're putting a highlight reel together. It's, yeah. you know, the best of. But still, I mean, you know, you can see what they, they're capable of in a highlight reel, and he's capable of of being uh, yeah. a force. In but, I mean, but what do you see? Do you see him as a wing, or do you see him as one of those players like Battle and possibly like a Benege that are tall enough, that are athletic enough to play the top of the zone and just have that length up there? Yeah, I don't know. Probably wing because, you know... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I, I didn't see he's got a decent jump shot, but you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> he he's not yeah, he's yeah. not doing a lot at the top, I don't think, is my is my opinion. Okay. But what do you think? Right. Well, I'm just saying I know a lot of times uh Beheim, he likes getting guards uh just for the fact that it helps in defense. You know, it makes it makes the three point shots, you know, a lot harder. You know, a oh, lot of times those type of people have He'll open right. it like up. You look He'll at Gillen and you look Right, you look at Gillen in like battle this past year. You can tell that battle had a way easier time closing in on shooters, give them a little bit right. more space to close in on them as Gillen, and a lot of that obviously was his height. So I think if he can, if he can, if he's athletic enough to play out there, uh, I don't know if necessarily having an outside shot has anything to do with him playing up there. No, but, but it, it would be honestly though because he would be. I think he could be a, a presence. And you could, I mean, even for kickouts, you know, I just see him, he likes to drive to the basket. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where yeah. he plays if that's what he's going to do. You're right. right. The, the outside shot doesn't matter. But I'd put him on, I'd put him on an end or on a wing somewhere, 
You know, just okay. it just depends. And that's where I would that's where I saw it. when I looked at his highlight reel, that's where he was coming from most of the time too. Yeah. So. Well, like there's because there's that one guy they were talking about uh, the, another recruit I saw in a couple of stories. Uh, this Tremont Waters, he got uh, he asked for his release at Georgetown once John Thompson the third lost his job, and we were talking we. I think we were recruiting him before, um, but they were talking about us possibly being in the running. But, I mean, he's a 5'11 point guard. Uh, I just don't – I mean, I've seen reports where he's still in the mix, and I've seen reports where we haven't been even contacting him. So that was one of those other recruits there. And uh, another guard recruit, Eric Ayala, he is – one of those guys, I don't know if it's just graduating early or possibly being able to go to prep school, but he doesn't know if he's going to be 2018 or 2017 yet. So his yeah, list so, of uh, scholarship right. offers as far as 2018 year is pretty impressive. Um, but he still doesn't know what he's going to do, whether or not he's going to reclassify to 2017 or go to 2018. So it comes down to me to where we have three scholarships left, and who knows – do we go like last year and go out and grab graduate seniors? I mean, it was, it's not like, like Malachi Richardson. He waited till almost the last, till the end of it to say that he was going to the NBA. Now we, we know who's coming back and who's not. So right. we know we have three recruits and it comes yeah. down to, you know, who, who's left, what type of recruits are left. Are they recruits worth even, you know, going forward to build for uh, depth in the future because, you know, next year our scholarship sanctions are gone. We get another scholarship back, and and uh, it's just one of those things where do you want to do that or you want to wait to see what the graduate transfer, yeah, the graduate transfer uh, situation is and, and maybe try to go for what you did last year with the Gillen and a White. So that's the question of the day. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the only way for me to answer this honestly because it's such a dilemma <laughs> uh take try to get a at least one grad transfer or, or one i would say one i would say one because this is why it's such a hard decision they the grad transfers from last year were our, some of our highest points from this seat this past season but they were also some of our lowest points from this past season yeah. so the chemistry just took forever and you know what though it was never really solid either so right i mean you you use one you have one if you can find a decent one i'd take it you know it just depends on who it is too so if you can find a decent one i use a scholarship there but you building depth and going into next season you know and then after that like you mentioned getting a scholarship back i would say it's it's you know time to really think about the future and not, yeah. and not just trying to do something for to hang on for a season. And, and, and Beheim yeah. stayed back to put the pieces back together. And the only way to put pieces right. back together is to uh, build. So that's just... Yeah. Well, I mean, my answer is solely don't reach. If you think that there's players out there that can inevitably, whether it's redshirt or a couple years down the road, can inevitably help you and it's worth it, then go for it. And I really wouldn't mind if he went and used the three scholarships on all just incoming kids from high school. Um, with that said, I don't know if we're in as deep waters this year as we were last year as far as returning players. Um, if we were to go the route of a graduate senior, I don't think we can go more than one. Because graduate seniors have the mentality of coming in and this is your last, you know, your last hurrah, last chance to show the scouts what you got last chance to make it to a postseason and those guys 
they are coming in expecting to be, you know, some of the key players. Right. And last year they were, and sometimes they did what they were supposed to do, and sometimes they buckled under the pressure, but we didn't have that great of a supporting cast. No. You know, in, yeah. in my opinion, with just Battle and Torian Thompson and their offense coming back next year, I mean, we already have – those are going to be two of our top three scores. It, it, it's, so you, looking, it's looking more positive going into next year than it – than it and not really to be with, last year. Not really with depth and experience as more as just guys that you're going to be able to count on to score as far as number one, number yes. two guys. Yes. I mean, Thompson is, as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, he's going to get bigger and he can score the ball. And Beheim even said earlier this year that if he averaged what a starter averages as far as minutes, then he would be a double-double guy every single game. And I just see there being a pretty good likely situation where battle and Torian Thompson are going to be two of our top three scorers, which means we don't need to bring in, if you can find a graduate senior that's just coming in to, you know, be a role player and, you know, that's one thing, but it all comes down to basically reaching and not reaching, you know, right. you can't fill the team up with some people that we're going to have to transfer down the road. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, well, we had uh, what spring day or whatever the hell they call it. The hell was that? The practice there for football? No, uh, spring. No, that's that hasn't happened yet. The pre- it starts. Oh, in, it hasn't. Well, the spring spring practice. Yes, started, yes, yes. That's but it's all like a month long, and um, oh, okay, okay. Th- they finished with a uh, a spring game. Um, they uh, next week at Saturday at ten a.m. Actually, uh, parking and admission is free, and uh, they're gonna do a little scrimmage, uh, four quarter, twelve minute running time, uh, first. First string offense is playing against second string defense, and first string defense is playing against second string offense. And uh, I mean, it's a free show to go out there and and look, you know, just to see what we got before you know the freshmen come in. And uh, yeah, the weather's breaking. Yeah, so. The weather's breaking out there. Cuse Nation, get out there, make an appearance. You can you can get a, get a good look and see what the hell's going on. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm kind of excited too, though, because. Babers is putting an emphasis to where you, there was a lot of young players, a lot of injuries. Um, players, young players need to get in the weight room. And like you were talking about with O'Shea Brissett, like yeah, it's natural for high school players to come in and yeah. just kind of be underweight and under, you know, under muscled against some of these, you know, more experienced, especially in the ACC. He knows so it one of the too. Big, yeah, and one of the biggest um, issues and everything that he's been putting in his head, you know, getting these guys hungry. And being more physical with the drills that, that they've been doing and just mentality overall. They they know and Babers been putting in their head that that's that was a big difference as far as um I mean he knows youth and experience, but as far as ACC playing the tough teams, he's gotta put it in their heads. It doesn't matter how old, how strong, whatever, those guys push you around and you guys gotta get bigger, faster, stronger, and you gotta have a mentality to just attack. So I I like where it's where it's gone this far. So I I'm gonna be happy to see Hopefully happy to see what happens in the spring game and hope to see some some good stuff. So, Yeah, I'll definitely have my eyes on that and probably on Watch ESPN, right? No, probably won't yeah. be. Will it? It's, uh, it's either on Watch ESPN or uh, ACC Network. Okay, well, keep your eyes open. So. It most likely will be on the app, on the Watch ESPN or whatever they call it now, ESPN Go app. Um, rule change, the NCAA changes they made. You want to touch on that real quick? Yeah, well... Um, they uh, NCA they ruled on some new uh, some new recruiting rules. Some of them still have to be passed uh, through the uh, conference commissions. 
association, the commissioners of all the conferences, stuff like that. But um, one of them, uh, official visits, they can be pushed up. So now um, starting April 1st of a kid's junior year, you can actually do an official visit as far as a junior in high school. Before, you had to wait till you were at least one day in uh, as a senior in high school. So you can do that, and that helps because – now we can do early official visits with juniors when the weather is okay in Syracuse instead of having to wait until it's snowy and, sh- you know, crappy out. So that's a one little thing. Um, they added an assistant coach uh, spot. Um, they got rid of um, the satellite camps where everyone was just going all over the place and uh, recruiting people in other people's backyards as far as the camps that they were running. Um and uh, one of the bigger things is they have an early signing period, and that's one of the biggest ones where um, it's waiting for the commissioner. But right now, what what they're saying is right now, February 4th, you, you have to wait till February 4th to sign a letter of intent. Well, what they passed and what hopefully passes through the commissioners is that for a week or two or something like that in uh, December, you can actually sign a letter of intent, which for it'll give you a good three to four weeks of you know other teams not poaching your uh, good players that have already verbally committed. A lot of times good schools are waiting for the top recruits to pick and when they don't when they don't pick them, then it's a trickle down effect and then they start trying to poach from other players and people that have already verbaled from some maybe some smaller schools and uh, we've lost a good number of players as far as that goes in the first couple weeks. So it gives you a little bit of a, of a, of a space to sign some players. Um, they also got rid of no more two a days, so yeah, I mean, you can't have two a days as far as practice. Two a day, you can't have two physical contact practices. Um, practices. So you can have walkthroughs and you can have stuff like that. And uh, another one that I think actually would help recruiting is you never really know what's going on in those fishy little SEC schools and stuff like that down in Texas. But um, they made a rule where nobody, no coach, or maybe um, just any t- anybody that's affiliated with the recruit cannot be hired by that school two years before or two years after that recruit signs to that school, which tells me that somewhere along the line, a lot of things have probably been sliding through is, you know, these, some of these schools are getting, are getting recruits because they're, they're given their high school, you know, some of these guys got up and coming high school coaches, stuff like that. Prep school coaches, Hey, this we want this guy bad enough. We'll bring this guy in as a special teams coordinator or something like that. And they give this guy a job, and it comes with the recruit. So, right. Damn, there we go. North Carolina seven seven five. Those are the rule changes that they they. I think they only pretty much help us. Uh, they hurt the bigger schools to try to even out recruiting, but they needed to do something about some of those uh, rules anyway. So. But yeah, this lacrosse game, yeah. man. Uh, number one, Syracuse uh, playing Tar Heels right now. Just to timestamp the episode here, I think it's the th- end of the second quarter, maybe. No, yeah, third d- quarter. Oh, is it already? Okay, down by down by two, but oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, anyway, yeah. is that all you got? Yeah, that's pretty much okay. all I got, Sean. All right. Well, we'll we'll be back with another uh, twenty twenty five minute episode again towards the end of the month. Put together some. Some more, probably more looking toward lacrosse and, and football by the end of the month here. will be getting closer. We'll have that game played and stuff like that. So uh, look for that episode. It'll be episode 24. So I guess we'll see you in a couple weeks. For Joe, I'm Sean. Cuse Nation, we're out. Till next time. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe.